1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we once again shift from European football back to the domestic stuff Rangers get their Europa League campaign up and running with a 2-0 win against Bronby It's in Johnson for Celtic tomorrow But will Ange Postacoglu return to the Japanese recruitment market in January? And Scotland women's national team are in qualifying action against Hungary at Hamden I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight we've got St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Anik and Hugh Evans. Celtic and Rangers running on parallel lines in Europe during the week 2 nothing wins 50,000 crowds for the pair of them Now they've got to go their separate ways Celtic's job tomorrow against St Johnston is to cut the gap between themselves and Rangers to just one point and then see if the man standing to my left hand side can do them a favour at high noon on Sunday when Rangers go to Paisley All I can say Gordon If this weekend is half as exciting as last weekend We're in for a cracker from Paisley to Dingwall Yeah, you're locked on a, a good run Jack In a big game on Sunday Stating the, that's an understatement I should say uh, It's a good run but you come up against Rangers <laughs> So it's going to be different to what we've been playing But um Obviously, a good run going in, going in positive. So we'll see how it goes, but we're we're hoping to take something from the game. And we're only looking to take a small amount of credit for this. But I think since the last time you were on, you've won three games in a row. You've been keeping clean sheets in there as well. Have you been battering down the door to get another slot on this show? Ah, that's why I came back. <laughs> that's the only reason I agreed. <laughs> good stuff, right? It was great to have Jack back with us uh, any time, but especially ahead of such a big game at the weekend. So St Mirren fans, maybe even Rangers fans. Or anyone else I'm sure you'll have Some interesting questions For him And well, Hugh, Hugh is Hugh He's here to take All your flack All your stick All your kind wishes On 01419511025 I mean we're nine games in Jack So you perhaps think The league table Starts to take A little bit of shape But you have to say It's been It's been a brilliant League campaign so far Hasn't it Across the board From a sort of You know a neutral perspective If you were to remove yourself From the, the club madness Yeah I think you You look at it And Hearts coming up, you think, how are they going to do back in the Premier League? And they've they've started off brilliantly. And then you're looking around to see how it shapes. As obviously teams started off really poor. We didn't have the best to start, and then you win three of a row, and all of a sudden you're looking at the top six again. So it has been eventful so far. You you thought our Rangers is going to run away with it straight away again. It's not been the case. So for the neutral, I think it's it it's building up to be a brilliant end towards the season. And of course, Hugh. We're never far away from European stuff Rangers and Celtic With fairly similar weeks Both yeah. needing to win Both having gone into their games Without uh, a victory in the group stages so far Both at home With the, the pressure and the expectancy To win the game And they both do it in Relatively similar fashion Someone will tell me They weren't different. Uh, they weren't similar at all But y- you get where I'm going Yeah, yeah as I say Parallel lines for me uh, Now they've got to do the hard part Celtic go to Hungary And see if they can beat Ferenc Varos there I wasn't greatly taken By Ferenc Varos I thought they were Ordinary uh, The game was uplifted By the pass from Yota To Furuhashi And the goal that resulted uh, I wasn't greatly impressed By Bromby either uh, Can Rangers go to Denmark and do the job there That's what the pair of them Will have to do To keep alive Their hopes of finishing Second place 01419511025 That is the number you need To get in touch with Hugh Keevans And Jack Anik tonight So don't hang about Let's hear from you You can tweet as well Of course at Clyde SSB 
But we do like to speak to you on the phones Ahead of a huge weekend of domestic action We will of course kick off by looking back On last night's European exploit So if you've got any thoughts Now is the time to do it Stephen Gerrard says his players answered critics With the win against Bronby And believes it was a near perfect performance under pressure Yeah I thought we deserved the victory I thought our performance And, and with the crowd behind us um, I thought we were really strong tonight, both both sides of the game, in and out of possession. Thought we played with a lot of control and style, um, and we could have maybe got another couple of goals. You know, Scott Arfield's unlucky there when he's at the bar. Both had a couple of chances, but all in all, I think the players deserve praise. It was a strong performance. We put that pressure on ourselves. I think if you don't get no points in the first two games, you've got four left, and you need to try and get minimum around the nine ten mark for sure. So it was a must win tonight. We we accepted that in the pre-match build-up. A lot of questions get asked about me players under pressure in front of crowds. I thought they delivered a perfect performance tonight and answered a lot of critics from the outside. So, good results, but still tons of work to do. Big results to get. And we have to, as I say, replicate that in two weeks' time. Because if we can get six points, um, it'll be interesting. What did you make of it last night, Jack? I thought it was a professional performance by Rangers. And I think he's covered it well. They could have probably went on and grabbed a couple more goals. But it was one of them games where... If it had been a scrappy 1-0, they would have taken yeah. it just to get the points on the board. But I think they did do a professional job and and in Europe at home, I think that's all that you can ask. Absolutely. Well, let's get some thoughts from you lot out there. 0141 951 1025. Aussie is a Rangers fan to kick things off. What did you make of it last night, Aussie? Hi, Gordon. Hi, everyone. Hope, you, hope you're doing okay. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the performance. I think it's uh, a good continuation of the good the good performances that we saw in the second half against Hibs and also for the majority of the Hearts game. I thought what, what was particularly pleasing um, was that when, when I looked at that starting lineup, and I'm sure a lot of Rangers fans were the, were the same, um, I was a bit concerned that there wasn't much pace in that in that starting lineup. But what pleased me was that it wasn't apparent at all during the game because the passing was so good, the movement was so good. So I think that, that, that was very pleasing. Um, Possession-wise, we started to see... You know what became a hallmark of Rangers under Stephen Gerrard in Europe. We 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 kept possession really well. We passed through Braun B from defence uh, to up front really well. There was a couple of slip ups, obviously, where we gifted Braun B some chances to score. But all in all, really pleased. I thought I thought Joe Rebo was absolutely outstanding. A virtuoso performance from Joe. I'm usually not a fan of uh, a Rebo in midfield because I feel he can be a little bit one footed. And he, he usually is not great defensively. But last night, he was a dynamo. He was winning all of his defensive duels. And, and he really was uh, carrying the team at times. Um, Lundstrom, again, he's just continuing his good performance. I don't, I don't believe he gave the ball away once last night. And, you know, we, we were concerned previously that he and Davis couldn't play together well. But last night, they gelled quite well. And then I, I want to reserve a comment for uh, Sakala. I was a bit disappointed to see some Rangers fans criticising his performance on Twitter last night. Um, I thought his turn of pace was, was brilliant to see. And the, the first thought I had in my mind once I saw, him, uh, saw his performance was, He'd be ideal against Celtic, you know, getting in behind, uh, given the open formation that they play. Um, so the, the, the concern that I have and a question that I want to pose to to the panel um, is the the, the centre back situation. Obviously, you know, we, we've been asking a lot of Balogun this season uh, at his age. I think he's 33. He's just come back from international duty where he played two games, and now he's played two games in a week for Rangers. After that. Um, 
I think Steve, Stephen Gerrard gave a press conference today. He said that Balogun isn't ruled out yet. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Ozzy, I'll play that clip so that we know exactly where we stand on that. Um, you're right, it was obviously a question mark after limping off last night. Here's what he had to say on him and Ryan Jack as well. Yeah, we'll give Leon every chance for the weekend. He's not ruled out just yet. He's still a doubt because he left the pitch. We, we'll, we'll assess him as the day goes along and um, we'll try and get him recovered. Um, I'd still say he's got an outside chance for the weekend, but we also have to analyse the risk. Um, so we'll make a really late decision on that one, but it's probably 50-50 where we stand. The rest have come through fine, and um, it's also a big day for Ryan Jack because he's back with the team for the first time today in seven months. So um, that's a, a big plus for us. Hopefully he can um, push on now and push through. We can get some 11 v 11 work in his legs and he can be back with the team in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. So there we go, Ozzy. Just as you advertised 50-50 on, on Leon Balligan, what are your thoughts on that then? A bit concerned about looking late in that area? Yeah, I, I personally, I wouldn't risk Leon unless you know he's a totally 100% to go. In. If, I think hamstring ones are, are, are a dodgy one. I mean, look at Kent. The, the thing that concerns me is that Simpson seems to have been bombed out of the squad. As far as I know, he, he he's not injured. But since that, the goal that he can... Well, he, he was partly responsible for that Motherwell goal. Uh, since then, he's not been seen in any of the squads. And then, obviously, we saw Bassey come on last night. But you think back to last season, Bassey had a bit of a nightmare playing at left-back at, at St. Mirren uh, in the Cup. So... I'm a bit concerned. I mean, if it was if it's down to me, I'd throw Simpson in. We signed him, you know, to play as the left-sided centre-back as cover for for Hollander. But yeah, interested to see what 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 the panel thinks about that. I think I think also I was saying to the producer, it's all hindsight. But I think the decision to loan out Katic is 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 really foolhardy in in hindsight. I think we could have done with him. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, with hindsight, you're not expecting that injury to to Philippe Hollander, but we are. Uh, where we are, Jack. What about um, Ozzy's point about defenders? And I wonder, you know, as a as a goalkeeper, how much emphasis, how much comfort do you take from having the, the same two in front of you all the time, or, or do we make more of that from the outside than we should? I think it is. It, it's better you build relationships. Um, but I look at the the quality that Rangers have got throughout the squad, and I, I kind of look at the the defence, and you bring Tavernier out for Patterson and. And kind of you've got the same quality coming back in, but it, it is always nice to get a settled sort of back three, back mm. four, and I think that's what we've started to do over the last few few sort of wins with getting a settled sort of team. So it is always nice, but I, I mean the quality that they've got in backup, I mean mm. it isn't a problem. I don't I, think. I suppose the where Aussie is getting at Hughes, this now is the one area, but but it's not it's not obvious. It's either Jack Simpson who. Hasn't set Heather uh-huh. Light yet uh-huh. May well do in the future Or it's Calvin Bassey Who looked like Had been getting Turned into a left back I know he, I think he played Centre back when he was younger um, So th- those are the, the Main options Neither of which are Overly appealing to Aussie at the moment But that would be the only Would that be the only Sort of downside From last night Yeah I quite like Bassey I must say um, You know Aussie makes the point That he had a bad game Against St Mirren Last season But that doesn't Necessarily mean That you are therefore Allergic to Paisley you know, he can go to Paisley on Sunday uh, and have a very good game against St Mirren. Do you only like Calvin Bassey because he gave you one of your finest lines ever on the show? No, no, no. I gave Bassey the line. Right, okay. I said that the minute he walked in the joint, you could tell he was a real big defender. Honestly, any excuse to repeat it. He loves it. He's <laughs> so, going to get it tattooed on him. Uh, but as I say, I quite like the guy. Um, I, I don't think he, mm. he, he has seriously let Rangers down. That night when uh, St Mirren put Rangers out of the cup... <laughs> 
I tend to think that it was Rangers' fault. You know, they, they, they equalised very late on. Can you believe this guy taking the credit away from you and your team? <laughs> no, 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 right no, in front of you. At 2 2, with the greatest respect to Jack and all and Jim Goodwin and everyone at St Byrne, at 2 2, you think, wow, Rangers have saved it right at the death there. They'll go on and uh, and take it. But all credit to St Byrne because they came back right away and scored the goal. Mm. But as I say, um, Katic were all smart with the benefit of hindsight. You know, no one was talking about it until injury problems mm. come along. Yeah, I mean, I, I know some people, to be fair, just d- didn't want them to go. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Hollander situation's clearly changed things. Uh, thank you to Aussie. Um, we will bring in John as well because I think maybe part of Aussie's call is is shared by you, John, and in particular a midfielder who stood out for you. Uh, evening panel, Hugh, Jack, Hello. Uh, Gordon. Uh, what thank Jack to his contribution to Rangers when he was there and wish him well for the rest of the season after Sunday. Obviously. After Sunday, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> but uh, so speaking to you, producer, I just felt I was at the game and thought Joe Rebo was immense. And I, I think Joe Rebo has been the standout player for Rangers uh, this season, even when Rangers haven't been playing well. Even the, at the game on Saturday, uh, the first half against. Hearts as well, and it's just been phenomenal. And what my worry is, come January, somebody's going to come in for a big bid. Because if you want, just watch him go back and not losing the ball and uh, turning defence into attack. The game, he was just he was everywhere last night, uh, and I was just like, I was like, he was there, he was there, and I think we're a better team when he plays in the midfield. Uh, because he can attack, he can defend, and I feel as if that's his best position. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes you play him in the front three, but I feel with a better team, we're more moving forward when he's playing in that uh, mid three. Uh, obviously, last night with Davis and Lundstrom, obviously Kamara was out last night, but I felt we were more more pace in the mm-hmm. team last time uh, last night. And as I say, I'm worrying, worrying now that come January somebody will come in for him and. Uh, easy. I mean Jack you are allowed to respond by saying you hope Joe Rebo has a stinker on, on Sunday and then wish him well for the season thereafter but is he one that's impressing at the moment? I think he's he's one of the main ones obviously good pedigree came through League One with Charlton um, Got I think he got the promotion before he just came up to Rangers and then he's just kicked on from there I think Lee Bowie at the time said it was a bad decision yep. and he's made him eat his words hasn't he because I look at Joe Rebo and I could see him in most Premier League teams. I look at the boy Eze from Crystal Palace and I think he's very, very similar. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if there was a big team in from in January, but Rangers are also a massive team to be able to hold on there's to a, players. There's a new phenomenon going on in this programme with regard to Rangers fans. They're always desperately worried about something. If it's not Connor Goldson's contract... Uh, they, they're worried about Joe Aribo perhaps it's a, it's a good offers. worry though isn't it because it only comes if he then if he plays well exactly. between now and then you know if you are at a club like Rangers or Celtic and you are playing exceptionally well you are drawing attention to yourself it is unavoidable mm. uh, so there's no point in losing sleep over it people will be interested in your players but Rangers have shown a marked reluctance to get uh, rid of anybody Mm. Um, you know, uh, you know my feelings uh, on players that I think should have gone uh, for the money, but uh, you know it, it's just a, a consequence of playing well at a big club in Scotland. You will get interest from bigger clubs elsewhere. John, for what it's worth, it sounds like the manager is all too aware of that. Some interesting quotes from him, and forgive me, it was either last night or today talking about Joe Rebo 
And he encouraged them to play angrier I think was the phrase and, and try and you know provide that other side of the game And he said that if he does do that Then he will be difficult to to hang on to Are you starting to see more of a A complete all round version of him Because he, and, and by the way there's a compliment to his teammates in this But he, he was clearly um, behind He didn't get the headlines the way some of his other teammates did last season But I feel like he's getting spoken about more this time around I, I definitely he's, he's bringing what uh, Gerard says uh, the aggression to his game, but with it being overly aggressive, he's he's winning the ball cleanly. He's 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 just he's got these legs that just seem to go everywhere, and it's it's just just watching them for the start. You can watch a game on TV, but see if you watch a game for the start, you can see all the wee things, and it's just it's, even his his link up play with like Hadji and others uh, bringing him in. He, he's another one that. Last night I thought I had an absolute brilliant game. The two of them had a brilliant game on Saturday and I was actually baffled when the two of them went off on Saturday but Sterrod, the manager, he's the one that picks the players and makes the decisions but uh, this this season alone, Aribo has been our best player uh, but I mean, we have some players haven't stepped up. I'm not going to mention names but Aribo's the one we can, we can, we can depend on and I think he was injured for a wee bit last season and he started his season last uh, last season well and then he got injured. And I don't think if he didn't get that injury, he would have been up there with the, the players of the season as well because he was having a, a very, very good start to last season. But he's just he's one of these players. We got him for relatively nothing. And if we did go, go my way, see, I'm not, I don't mean I'm worried, worried, worried. I'm just, I'm worried in a good way that we've got players that are sellable now. And we didn't sell anybody in the summer, but come January, we're, we're going to be that way again. That, your Hadjis, your Kents, your Aribos, there's going to always be interest in good players because if you're playing well with a, a team that's winning, other teams are going to be looking at yeah. themselves or abroad. So that's just, that's just part and parcel of being a Rangers fan or a Celts fan or just a team in Scotland. They're always going to move on to another team, not a better team, but i.e. they might be better players but no bigger teams. But Thank you very much to John It was nice to hear from you John in Cambus Lang 01419511025 We'll take more of your calls next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Annick is in the building He's alongside Hugh Keevans And they're both waiting to take your calls 01419511025 uh, let's speak to Craig in Moody's Burn and see what he has for us tonight. Hi, Craig. Hi, guys. Hope you're all well. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just listening to the first couple of callers and agreed with pretty much everything they said. Um, my main point was I was delighted to hear Gerard saying that Ryan Jack's now back with a group because um, I know it's a kind of cliche, but I think get Ryan Jack back in training, you know, ease him back, sub appearances over the Christmas period, etc. And January, you know, he could be a, like a new signing. Um, because I heard fellow fans say, oh, we need a midfielder, we need a couple of centre-halves in January. Ryan Jack's probably, in a lot of ways, what will be missing this season, because certainly defensively, um, he certainly controls the way we play, um, particularly Tav on the right-hand side when he's bombing forward. Ryan Jack's exceptional at uh, covering those holes. Um, my main point was, like I said, the guys that have been on before me talking about Joe Aribo. Joe Aribo, I thought, was fantastic last night, and... He's actually on his game. That that that's what he can bring. He's an exceptional player. Um, somebody was saying there, not worried about him going in January. I would be more worried about Joe Aribo going 
than the likes of Barisic, etc. But I, I suppose that's another point <laughs> for another time because um, we probably do need to try and get mm. a couple out of the door in January. But I'd love us to keep a rebo for another another maybe eighteen months if possible. Um, I think he's you know he's developing at a very good rate. Um, my main point was I was saying to the producer I would like us to see and Do you know what Craig you've, you've made some good points already So let, let's deal with some of them And we'll, we'll take the, the next one as well Because I know Jack You know Ryan Jack Well on and off the pitch So to hear Stephen Gerrard say It was his first day back training In seven months I'd imagine that's a huge boost Oh brilliant for him I mean Knowing him as a character And how much he loves being out on, on the pitch it, It's brilliant that he's back out there And I, I do think it is it is going to be like a new signing for him because I think he is he does complete that team. I think he's I think he's that good. You look at I go back to the Premier League. You look at like the Fernandinho's, the Fabinho's. They kind of run them teams, and he is that kind of general in midfield that um, that Rangers could could do with. And I think when he comes back, I think he's going to be a big part. And I think I think Craig makes a good point about when Tav goes forward and he drops in and stuff. I think I think he's going to be a big player for Rangers coming the end of the season. Do you still speak to him much? Has he been chomping at the bit to get get back involved? I haven't spoken to him recently, but I, I've I've spoken a lot over the years mm-hmm. since I've left, and I, I just know what type of character yeah. he is. He's he's got a good heart, and he's uh, he, he'll have been beating himself up for being injured. That's that's what type of player mm-hmm. he is. So so no, I've I've got no doubt he'll be he'll be round to get back and be back fully fit because I think he's trying to come back and he's not been quite mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, I think as soon as he's back fully fit, he's going to be a big player for Rangers. And was a regular in the Scotland squad as well, of course. So that will be one to watch going forward, albeit early days. What was the the other point you had, Craig? Yeah, sorry, I said kind of main point. It was just about the centre half position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as Jack will probably know, <laughs> being at Rangers, Gerard's you know quite ruthless um, when he makes up a mind. He's, he's mind about a player. So I think nobody could have foreseen, obviously, Hollander getting that horrific injury. Um, you know, and Katic get on loan to get football that he desperately needs. But we are short there. So, you know, like I said, I don't like to throw about names, but something I was talking to, you know, a couple of my mates at the game last night was John Suter at Harps. Um, I believe he's out of contract, probably Harps fans before now, and saying, oh, how dare you? Um, but I would like to, somebody like that, you know, in January. Um, because I think regardless of what happens with the, the title this season, um, there's a bit of a rebuild at Rangers in the summer because the two goalkeepers, you know, are, are getting on. Um, there's quite a few players out of contract. Um, I think getting somebody like Suter in, or even you know Katic coming back and seeing what could happen there. But yeah, I mean Ryan Jack really excites me. I, I think he had a, an operation on his back or something that delayed him a little bit. But yeah, I agree with everything that Jack said. He's he's seems like a terrific character, and you know he could be the long term Rangers captain in my opinion. Uh, Hugh John Suter is out of contract uh-huh. in the summer, so as we all know, that means by January he can start. Really assessing his options, yeah. Um, whether it's Rangers or someone, if he's fit, if he stays fully fit, he will he will have options, won't he? I'm surprised that Hearts have let him get. To well, this I think point. I think that I think they're pro- they're trying and they're hopeful, but yeah. But they, they, they've left themselves in that position. The transfer window for Rangers in January will be fascinating. I heard Graham Soonis on this program uh, during the week uh, talking about the line that Stephen Gerrard mentioned earlier that no money had been spent in the last two transfer windows, and. Stephen Gerrard clearly has an issue with that Uh, He feels that money does have to be released And one way of doing that is to offload players There's nothing wrong, there's no downside to having lots of good players about the club Other than, you can only pick 11 And, you know, how do you keep everyone happy? 
Uh, do you eventually get to a stage where you, you're unsure what your best 11 is? So on and so forth. But uh, if there is a need for a defender to come in, Suter would of course be... Uh, what looks like a good fit mm-hmm. Yeah we'll try and avoid the headline That St Mirren goalkeeper tries to sell Hearts defender to Rangers But he'll be one that will have impressed Most people who, who watch him Jack I'm sure Yeah I've got I've got no doubt A lot of teams will be looking at him um, Not just Rangers I've, I'd, I'll guarantee that there's a lot more Across Europe that'll be Having a look at someone who's flying in the league And especially playing week in week out um, Good presence And I think yeah he's he's going to He's a top, top player and probably could be worth a, mm. a good look at Rangers. But obviously with Katic being out on loan and Rangers did cover themselves in that position. But you, you, you can't mm-hmm. justify the injuries that they've had. And Craig, before we let you go, I'm just amazed that we've made it this far into the show and no one's mentioned VAR. What's happening? We've all gone soft on the idea. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, uh, I think it was actually Hugh said a few weeks ago he said if it was a VAR thing an old firm game everybody would be on Monday night going off from that but mm. um, I, I, I don't know Alisson Ab's at the game I'll be honest I thought he was offside but um, obviously seeing the VAR and the, the stuff he was you know, apparently onside so um, it's controversial I don't pers- personally like it because um, you know, you're celebrating a goal and you're waiting a few minutes to find out and then it's gone and you're like oh it was a goal after all but um, aye you never know I suppose uh, that the thing about that one though Hugh it's actually not controversial because he's onside and VR proves he's onside. What oh. would be controversial if that goal had got you know wrongly ruled out? Yeah. And no, it's taken us a while to get get head round it. And I don't think Craig was alone. Everybody thought thought yeah. he was offside, but but he wasn't. Yeah, and that's what it's there for. Um, the, the problem you have in our little planet Scotland is that if and when it comes in here, people will say, "I don't care what VAR showed. He was offside." Uh, so that there's there's no. <laughs> Uh, objective judgment Well, I know what you're saying right Because we do live in a very bizarre footballing world But there mm-hmm. has to be When it comes to offside I mean he, he was onside last night So if people want to say that he, he wasn't on the line you know, yeah. However Where the subjectivity does come in Stephen Gerrard wasn't happy Jack he was amazed that VR looked at the challenge on Joe Rebo And didn't give a penalty So that, that still exists yeah, there's always going to be controversy if you get VR, you don't get VR, the referees' decisions. There's going to be controversy, but I'm still, I love the passionate game when you mm-hmm. score a goal, yeah. whether it's offside. I, I get that people want the right decisions, but I like being able to celebrate a goal and oh. know that I'm not going to make myself look How silly. many goals have you scored? <laughs> have I? Yeah, no, maybe one. One assist last week, last weekend, so I'll take that for the season. <laughs> oh, you're not you're not including the defensive mistake then. You're, it's a all down to your assist. Nah, I can't take the credit. Nah, Come on, uh, Craig. Thank you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. You were at the game on Tuesday. You went. You had your vaccine passport. You no, were all set. You were good to go. You got in. I did. They didn't turn you away. And were you impressed with Celtic's performance when you got there? Uh, I thought they were okay first half. Uh, and then second half they came alive And in Yota They have a player now How can they not pay the money for Yota If he continues to show the form That he has been showing uh, And in Furuhashi They have a wonderful natural uh, Taker of chances It was incredible that uh, David Turnbull Should go from the magnificent goal <laughs> He scored at the weekend To this fresh air swipe That ended up going in off him Or a defender or the goalkeeper or somebody uh, But uh, again, like Rangers last night, you know, the, the, 
Both teams In the context Of their Europa League groups Were looking for An uplifting performance And I think The Celtic fans Got it And uh, the Rangers fans Obviously got it Last night Celtic fans This is a good time To join in 01419511025 Tuesdays uh, Moving a bit further Into the rear view mirror But you can look ahead And some interesting stuff From your manager uh, Today as well, Ange Postacoglu doing his press conference He says character and personality will be high on the list of key attributes In what he hopes will be a more leisurely uh, recruitment drive in January He wouldn't confirm nor deny his interest in Dezen Mida uh, Who he did work with at his previous club in Yokohama But he did explain what he's looking for You know, whatever business we do in January um, um, You know, I know it won't be as sort of chaotic as it was um, in the last window Um but you're right. I mean, for me, that's a hugely important part of bringing players here is, you know, getting to understand their mentality and whether they can cope. I mean, I, I was confident with, say, somebody like Kyogo because I, I kind of knew him really well from Japanese football. I knew his background and I asked enough people about him as a personality to know that he would cope well here. You know, he, he, he wasn't like he was 21, he was 26, even though, you know, he hadn't had a lot of um, exposure to, to sort of senior football. So that is part of the process, and particularly... You know, when you're talking about bringing people in in January where, again, they're going to have to hit the ground running, um, you know, that's they're the things that we'll be looking into, not just their playing abilities, but also their, you know, their personality. And, and a big part of it will be the ones who really want to come here. He has earned the trust of, well, Celtic don't have a, a head of recruitment, Hugh, but if oh. they had one, and the fans, he's earned the trust of them to dip into that Japanese market again. Yeah. Because Kyogo's work doesn't mean every other one will work. Uh-huh. It certainly strengthens your hand If you can say Look at this guy And, and there are more Out there Like he wouldn't be drawn on Days in Mida um, But clearly a lot of speculation About that one Well As you rightly say um, The transfer of uh, Kyogo to Celtic Could only have been At Ange Postacoglu's insistence Because none of us Had ever heard of him uh, And he had that knowledge From the, the days at Yokohama So Yes of course His judgement will be trusted Um I think Celtic, if they beat St. Johnson tomorrow, they move to within one point of Rangers. Psychologically, that's terrific uh, because when Ange Postacoglu came in, they immediately lost uh, to Mitchelland in the Champions League qualifiers. They immediately lost the first league game to Hearts at Tynecastle. Uh, But since then, he has shown tremendous fortitude, uh, kept his head and... Has Celtic playing in a way that uh, When they are on their game uh, They are terrific to watch Uh, Again in the second half When they were two up They have these incredible lapses at the back Uh, I I know that he's come out today And publicly supported uh, Carl Starfelt But he is still prone To the occasional error And he needed Joe Hart and Anthony Ralston to, To get him out of it on Tuesday I mean, Jack, football changes so quickly, and particularly up here. And the last time you were on here, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, and probably in the midst of everyone saying, "Look, look at the run Celtic are on, and look at what they've got coming up, and this could be, you know, really defining, and things could go terribly wrong." And all of a sudden, go to Petodri win, go to Fir Park win, beat Ferenc Varos, and things look very different in the space of a few weeks. Yeah, that that's football for you. It, it changes so quickly, and then now all of a sudden, as you say, it's win one more game it's one point behind Rangers um, so within the space of a couple of weeks people are talking is he the right man for the job all of a sudden he wins two league games European and now it's can we win the league title now so 
that's a football business and uh no, they've they've obviously getting a little bit of a run together and I think the the clean sheet will have helped. Um so yeah, they've obviously still making a few little mistakes and that, but I think they'll get a bit of confidence out of the clean sheet. And you look there are, there are a few people who seem to be continually ticking boxes, don't they, for someone like Jota who Hugh mentions to arrive and, and just settle in so quickly and be so productive in games early on. That's exactly what you want when you recruit a player, isn't it? Yeah, I think as soon as you sign a player of, of that quality, you want him to hit the ground running, and I think that's exactly what he's done. Um, and yeah, he's, he, he's been a breath of fresh air for them. I mean, he's, he's passed the other days. It's outrageous. Kevin De Bruyne does it. You, you watch it on replay over and over again. So um, it's just, I think they're probably looking at a bit more of a, a bulkier squad. I think you look at Rangers squad, and if you take Morellas out, Sakala can come in, and Patterson for Tavniana. I don't think Celtic have got as many quality options, so maybe that's what they're, they're looking for with, in January. With Yota, he clearly loves being here. He clearly loves being with the club he has joined. The, the supporters have a, a terrific rapport with him. Uh, as I say, if he maintains the form that he has shown, the goals, the assists, um, <laughs> Certainly have no option that the, the fans will demand that the money is paid. Okay, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans seems like a good time to get your thoughts on the other night, maybe recruitment in January, looking ahead to the visit of St Johnston, or anything else you think we've missed. Now is the perfect time to share them, and we'll try and speak to you next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Jack Annick are here taking your calls ahead of a huge weekend of Scottish football. You look at the top flight fixtures tomorrow, Aberdeen Hebs, Dundee United, Motherwell, Hearts, Dundee, Ross County, Livy and of course Celtic, St Johnston. As Jack knows all too well, St Mirren welcoming Rangers on Sunday. So lots to look forward to. Let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu, shall we? Celtic fans, good time for you to get involved in the discussion, he will welcome back Josip Juranovic and James McCarthy for tomorrow's game And he's also encouraged by the progress of Chris Gillian and James Forrest He's had a really disruptive from pre-season onwards um, You know, he's had some some issues and, and um, it's been really challenging for him It's always hard when players are coming out in that rehab mode and they have to do it on their own um, But <clears throat> the medical team and, and the rehab staff the sports science staff are working really hard with him and made really good progress this sort of particularly last sort of 10 days. So um, without sort of putting too many specific targets in is uh, on him, um, our hope is that he'll train with the team on Monday, which will be uh, a major step forward for him because he hasn't been able to train with the group for quite a while. So if we get him into training with a group Monday, then it'll just be a case of seeing, you know, uh, when he's ready to play. But uh, I think it's kind of the most promising news we've had on him for quite a while. Chris is similar. He's He's been training with us now since the international break. So what's that, 10 days and um, going well. But, you know, he's a little bit different. He's coming back from a long-term injury. So we, with him, it's about now getting him to, to train with the team and, and getting him to feel good about himself and confident. Let's bring in John Paul who is on the phone John Paul I'd imagine those fitness updates will be good news for you uh, Yeah evening Gordon and Jack Hugh um, Yeah yeah, they are um, You know I've got a point I'd like to put to the, the panel and see what they think you know, and I think I've been on a few times before and, uh, You know I, I'm a fan of Ange Postacoglu You know I, he's came in and he's had to deal with a lot of stuff You know he's not got his own backroom team and He's had to jiggle and jive you know and You know for me going forward for Celtic um, 
you know, I think the most important thing, uh, obviously winning tomorrow, getting three points and putting a bit of pressure on, on Rangers is, is absolutely imperative. But I think uh, going forward for me, Celtic now now need to show that they can go and win games. You know, they can. You know, I was watching a game against Aberdeen, and if any Celtic fan is uh, is honest, you know, I like it like many others. I didn't think we were going to win that game. I, I really, really didn't. Um, I seen a different side to Celtic where they went and won the game. You know, they showed a bit of character, uh, and I know the manager spoke about that. But for me. I think the next couple of weeks and couple of months is absolutely massive. You know, they need to show they can go away to Hibs on a Wednesday night and win. They need to show they can go away to Dundee and win. Places that have been tough for us recently, places that have been tough for, for the likes of Rangers and other teams to go to. You know, I think, uh, you, you know, I was listening to um, the, the updates here, you know, and you have your Anovic come back in, you know, you have Scales who came in who, who looked so, then all of a sudden, if you, if you get to Christmas time, uh, neck and neck with, with the likes of Rangers and Hibs, you know, then you have Julian maybe back a couple of games, you know, it's not looking so, so bad, you know, and I think Celtic are so good going forward, but on the other flip side, you need to be honest and say we're so vulnerable defensively, you know, and I think that is massive, you know, I think Scott Brown leaving, get to the career, leaving the club, not having that defensive midfielder, you know, it's, they play Turnbull and Rogic and the two of them like to attack, you know, McGregor, I is a good player, but as it is Scott Brown that we need, you know, I, I think the next couple of months is absolutely massive for Celtic to show and go on a winning streak, a, a, win seven or eight or nine games in a row, you know, do it on the bounce to put it to other teams that, no, we're here to, we're not here to be just run over and we're here to, uh, to the end of the season. Is that why tomorrow, Hugh, because, again, if everyone's being honest, when Celtic had that spell, I'm not sure people would have predicted that they would go to Petodri and for Park and win them both. No. So with no disrespect whatsoever to St. Johnston, who were Everyone's second favourite team I keep calling them An unbelievable season If you go On the road And win those two games It it, it follows that, that A home game thereafter Is one that you would be looking to To bank the three points And, and build that run That John Paul's talking about I see it in terms of A sequence Gordon I think that uh, Callum Davidson And the St Johnston players Have done enough To demand Everyone's respect They have The League Cup And they have The Scottish Cup At McDermott Park They deserve respect And I Mean When they play you At home Or away So First of all As John Paul said uh, the, the priority For Celtic tomorrow Is not To slip up When there's a chance To move to within One point Of Rangers What will be Will be on Sunday in Paisley Easter Road Hibs I know they've faltered Recently But If Celtic go to Easter Road And win For John Paul And the other fans It's a massive Psychological step um, Because it, it shows Three away wins On the bounce It, it shows a, a Dependability That wasn't there before So I see it In terms of A two game sequence Over four days That will tell us if the Celtic revival is genuine or not Yeah I mean Jack St Johnson lost 3-0 at home to Livingston last week But but still have have they earned the right to not be written off I think you'd, you'd have to be pretty brave to write off St Johnson wouldn't you I, th- I think that was one of the biggest shock results of the season I, I didn't say it come myself And as soon as I clicked it on I was I was thinking how they've been beat there Because these this St Johnson team The way Callum Davidson's got them so well drilled To play a formation that's hard to play against that they're hard to break down, so they've got the respect of what they've done last season. Um, not just a one-off lucky, or they've won a couple of games, getting to a final and nicked it with a set piece. They've won two cups, and you have to be a good team to win two cups in this division. So they'll demand respect, but I think Celtic are needing 
one big win to really kick them on now. Yeah, I mean, John Paul, you mentioned that there are still moments at the back that, that make you a bit nervous and, and maybe your fellow Celtic fans would share that Having said that, to come away with a European clean sheet which is a bit of a rarity to do that even although there might have been moments within it can that not perhaps provide a bit of belief and confidence in that area and, and maybe improve things going forward? Uh, of course, uh, you know, of course, you know we were Celtic last season we're so used to Watching the game, you know, with your fingers in front of your eyes, you know, I think bringing in Joe Hart has been massive. You know, he's, he's made saves alone this season that that our keeper before hadn't, hadn't been able to make. So that that alone gives defenders in front of you, it gives the players in front of you that you've got a wee bit of stability in goals. You know, you're going to your keeper's going to pop up with a big save when needed. You know, and I, I, I do I do feel sorry for the young boy Montgomery. Not not feel sorry for him because I think he's given and done well. But I think uh, the way Ange plays and the way that Montgomery goes forward, you know, Celtic are exposed a wee bit at the back. You know, we all know they like to play Rogic, Turnbull, who, who are the great attracting runners. And when teams break, you know, I've been at a few games this season where Dundee United, they sat in for the first 20 minutes and they started winning enough individual battles and then they actually closed their game in us. You know, and Celtic can try to play the one way and they can caught up the park with their two wingers and two defenders and then all of a sudden, that felt Carter Vickers defenders are out of position, they're on the back foot and, and they look vulnerable, you know, that's the most important part that we need to solve, but I, I can see their progress, um, you know, and I, and I think it will take a wee while as well. Got you on your specialist subject, Jack, goalkeepers, what have you made of Joe Hart's impact? Because you'll have known all about him, I'm sure, before he even came to, to Celtic. Yeah, I think it was a brilliant move for him and for Celtic, getting a bit of experience in behind them. Um, and he has made some massive saves when called upon and I think he's made a, a huge difference to that team but I think John Paul does make a lot of good points but it's one, going back to one of them if you want to be an attacking team you've got to be you've got to be open to saying we're going to concede some sloppy goals at times or you can be a defensive team and say we're, we're drawing 0-0 every week so I think there's obviously getting the balance but knowing that they can rely on, on Joe Hart who's a world class goalkeeper looks like he's getting back to his best form is is brilliant for Celtic brilliant for him I'd like to a quick mention of Anthony Ralston before we go into the break uh, I thought that defensively both at Motherwell and against Ferenc Varos uh, he was composed you know I know that people are astounded when they see him inside the centre circle at times they're thinking why is the full back up there but defensively speaking that one uh, tackle in particular was yeah, quite something wasn't it absolutely uh, I, I always go back to the point that, that you know Anthony Ralston was in the team against the better judgment of many supporters, but he continues to mm. deserve holding on to his place. And now Juranovic is back, yeah. so you know we we'll watch with interest to see how that pans out. Exactly, you've got a, a Nathan Patterson Tavernier situation here. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Shambolic performance from Mark Wilson on last night's Beat the Pundit. I mean, it doesn't help when DL's over in the corner jumping no. about like a jack in the box trying to put him off. Um, however, it was another victory for the listeners. Let's see if we can end the week with another. 0141 951 1025. If you want to play Beat the Pundit, you need to call now and before 7 o'clock. So be quick. Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Jack Annick are here 01419511025 We kicked off hearing from 
Stephen Gerrard talking about last night's victory against Bronby. He's got injury updates. He's going to talk Conor Goldson as well. Ange Postacoglu uh, keeping his cards close to his chest about going back to the Japanese market in January. So if there's anything you want to add on those topics, now's a good time to call 01419511025. And there's plenty of time for other stuff to come up between now and 8 o'clock as well. So make sure you pick up the phone and we'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Big game for the Scotland women's national team at Hamden. We're going to try and speak to our reporter, Andrew McLean, who's watching that one as well. But let's bring in Ross in Pollock first, who wants to play Beat the Pundit. How's it going, Ross? Yeah, I'm all good. Hope you're all well, guys. Have you ever played before? You know, Gordon, I've never ever played. I know I've been on the show a few times, but I've never actually played Beat the Pundit. Okay. So, um, now's as, sure go- now's as good sure a time as any. I'm not sure how this is going to pan out. This is either going to go really well or really badly. <laughs> neither am I. Neither are you and Jack. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, heads, it will be Hugh Keevens who plays Tails. It will be Jack Annick. And it's Heads. He's off the hook again. It's Hugh Keevens up against Ross in. Pollock let's give Hugh some Clyde 2 to listen to just so that he doesn't steal your answers Ross you know the drill I'm sure you've listened for many years but it's 30 seconds answer as many questions right as you can and if you do not know you just pass and move on to the next one okay right good man 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now what nationality is Victor Wanyama um, Kenyan Mark Ogren is the owner of which Premiership team in Scotland? Um, Livingston Who replaced Dick Advocat as manager of Rangers in 2001? What Smith How many Scottish players have made an appearance for Norwich this season? Four Who signed Nacho Novo for Dundee in 2002? Jim Duffy From which team did Rangers sign Jack Simpson? Um, Bournemouth Okay, okay, let's bring back Hugh Keevans Hugh, can you hear us? I can Good, 30 seconds on the clock Same set of questions to you And your time starts now What nationality is Victor Wanyama? Nigerian Mark Ogren is the owner of which Scottish Premiership team? Dundee United Who replaced Dick Advocat as manager of Rangers in 2001? Um, Pass How many Scottish players have made an appearance for Norwich this season? Two who signed Nacho Novo for Dundee in 2002? Jim Duffy From which team did Rangers sign Jack Simpson? Pass And which sports brand are Celtic's current kit manufacturer? Which sports brand? Yeah, which sports make is the current manufacturer of Celtic's kits? Quickly No Oh, come on, you guess one Anyway That's a, that's a stupid question oh. Which sports brand You don't get to decide if it's a stupid question Just because you don't ever wear sports brands <laughs> To everyone else it's easy uh, Ross, how do you think it went? Um, I don't I, I don't want to be overconfident But I think I tipped them We checked the table last night, uh, Ross And to be honest, he's, he's nearly he's nearly getting relegated and you, You've got the chance to... to Push him down a bit I'm further wrong. I'm wrong with the very first one Because Victor Winyama Was a Kenyan He was Kenyan yeah. And uh, Ross got it So Ross goes 1-0 in front Mark Ogren is the owner Though of Dundee United So you've equalised Straight away Dick Advocat Was replaced by Alex McLeish I think the pressure Got to you there How many Scots Have made an appearance For Norwich this season Would you give a guess At that one Jack the Three It's three You were both wrong Hanley Gilmore And McLean uh. Uh, who signed Nacho Novo for Dundee in 2002? Jim Duffy, you both got it. 
Um, so are we still level? Yeah, I think we are. Uh, from which team did Rangers sign Jack Simpson? You said Paris, and Ross said Bournemouth, and he got it. So you had the chance to equalise because Ross ran out of questions. Which sports brand are Celtic's current kit manufacturer? Have you ever heard of any sports brand? One with three stripes, perhaps. Adidas. Yes, Adidas. Honestly. I mean that's not an Adidas cardigan that you're wearing So I'll let you off with that one And Ross you're, you, you've done it You've beat him and you've pushed him further to relegation And won a signed ball in the process Well done Good game here Good Well game. done Ross Good man there we go Polite we to, as well We'll need to introduce an age gap <laughs> You must have heard of Adidas You've not noticed the three, the three stripes that run down the, the side of the strip uh, That sort of thing <laughs> Pay attention But you know that, that is, that, that's so true Because See, just knowing you as I do, we spend an inordinate amount of time together. That's such an easy question, but I, I bet you have never noticed that or never thought about it. It's just not the way you operate. And no. that's fine, that's not a criticism. It's just, um, yeah, just the way it is. Every now and then when they turn their back, I'm trying to memorise all their squad numbers. In case now. that comes up. Yeah. Who's St Mirren's kit manufacturer? Joma. You remember that one? Nah, I could ask you that tomorrow and you'll have forgotten that. Correct. There we go. Right, 01419511025. We are going to try and go to Hamden very soon and speak to uh, Andrew McLean. But before we do that, have we got Craig? He seems to be coming and going on the line here. I don't know what's happening. Somebody. Oh, he's gone. He's disappeared. No, no, Craig. Right, we'll try and get him back uh, as well. Um, how are you guys feeling ahead of this game on Sunday then, Jack? Because we, we spoke about things changing very quickly. Three wins. On the bounds for a team like St Mirren Must make a world of a difference To conference and all the rest of it Yeah I think we said it's the first time Since 2008 it might have been So it gives us confidence going into the game um, Obviously three big wins And all of a sudden the league changes And yeah. I think looking at the fixtures there They're, they're pretty decent for us Because a win either way We can either get close at the ones mm -hmm. above Or we can't be caught by the ones below So it's it's a good game to go into and these are why in football to play these massive games, whether it's Rangers, Celtic, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be an exciting and I think the atmosphere is going to be pretty spicy. Although I'm, now, I'm going to contradict my own question here because I maybe for us on the outside, we frame that as if because you haven't won conferences, all of a sudden at rock bottom, but then you go and win three. And it, but I guess for you guys, you're probably a bit more focused on the process, which is a bit of a buzzword, and you know, and the way you do things, and then when the wins do come, you'll just feel that that's you getting the rewards for what you've been doing previously. I know we 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 spoke about that because we've probably played better when we've been losing yeah. this season, which is, I mean, football fans say, how can that be possible? But we've won three games, and we've actually said we're, we haven't hit our best. So you just hope that on Sunday you can you you can't predict the outcome, but mm -hmm. you you turn up and you you give your your best, and if we can perform that, we know mm -hmm. that we can then. I'm confident that we can get something yeah. out of the game. Obviously, I think a point for Simmer and at home to Rangers, everyone would say, will be a massive, massive result. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll be going to try and win the game. Make no mistake. Yeah, well, not many teams at the moment domestically know exactly what it takes to beat this Rangers side, and you were, of course, one of the teams to do it last season. So, what does it take? <sighs> it's a tough question. <laughs> you put us on the spot, but. Last season it was it, it it was a crazy game because as Hugh said that went back to two two and he thought Rangers would have kicked on and I was kind of thinking myself I think it would have went extra time if I'm right and I was thinking extra time let's get through it maybe take them into penalties and potluck and you go and fancy get, yourself yeah so but it, it it's one them you know you can beat them so um, so no having that in the back of your head from last season can help but as you say you can look on the other side and you can think oh we can beat these and then you go and mm. get turned over so. 
so no, it's it, it's an exciting game for everyone to be involved in, and uh, a few players will be will be on one side of Glasgow, and a few will be on the other. But make no mistake about it, everyone will be up for it. I'll be honest to you, you know, doing this job generally, you're across all the the big moments in Scottish football, the memorable moments in the season. My daughter was about 18 hours old when St Mirren beat Rangers So I was oh, all yes. over the place And have very, very little uh, recollection of it But I'm sure Jack enjoyed it uh, Let's bring in Craig and East Kilbride Who's a Dundee United fan What's your point tonight, Craig? Hi, panel It's, um, it's just directly to you all mm-hmm. um, What I'm finding is I've been listening to your programme for weeks mm-hmm. And I'm finding that the uh, You've not mentioned Tam Courts in any shape or form. If that was a Rangers manager or a Celtic manager, you'd be, you'd be having kittens. This guy's first, a, first of all, you're wrong. All right, let, let Craig carry on. On you go, Craig. Right. I've had opt-in, um, what you call opt-in results. Um, it still comes down to the fact that Rangers lost or Celtic didn't play well or uh, Dundee United were just got a flicky goal on the day. Rangers had they beaten, apart from the COVID season, had they beaten Dundee United at Tannadice in 10 years? They haven't won a Scottish Cup tie in 30 odd years. Now, my point is, he's constantly going about Rangers and Celtic and forget about the other teams. Mm. These teams have managers, these teams have players. These teams, I've even heard your phone in your, um, your what do you call it, your quiz. Mm-hmm. And half these can't even man- uh, answer first division players in the uh, Scottish division. Did you miss Hugh Keevens correctly identifying that Mark Ogren is the owner of Dundee United not but 10 minutes ago, Craig? How unfair it's of you? Oregon. It's no Oregon, it's Oregon. All oh, right, my pronunciation's not great. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Right, uh, look, Craig, we can. You've got, well, two options here. Um, I can bore everyone to tears explaining the supply and demand nature of the fact that we're in Glasgow, so Rangers and Celtic get spoken about more than Dundee United. Or you can use the fact that you're on the show to tell us all about Dundee United, and we'll talk about it and, and give them the time that they deserve. Which option will we go for? Well, look for the option of the fact that this manager's come in. He's he's come into a like, junior level. Mm-hmm. He's now, he's now stepped up after that Merlin, Mickey Merlin. He's got the team playing. He's actually got his playing fast, um, bringing in players that are fast, bringing it back a bit. Uh, unfortunately, getting to the games, you get the, the, the chance to watch them and they're coming on leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to have a dig. I'm just being honest. I don't know how... Um, Oh, I hear the Celtic Rangers. Well, let's talk about Dundee United, Craig. I, I, I don't mean to be be rude about it, but if you want to hear more about Dundee United, it feels a bit daft to, to spend this call talking about times you don't hear about Dundee United. So let's give Craig what he wants. How good are Dundee United this season, Hugh? Very, uh, I would imagine, is your answer. Yeah, I have lost count of the number of times I've said in this programme. No, you don't need to defend all this because this is, this is daft. This really is. No, but let's in, let's, in let's order, talk Dundee United yeah, and how well they're doing. In order to talk Dundee United, I have to repeat what I said, but if you can, over the first quarter of the season, look back on a win over Rangers, a draw over Celtic at Celtic Park that might have been better had you been awarded the penalty you were due, to win the first Tayside derby of the season, to then go to Easter Road and have arguably the performance of the season by winning 3 nothing there, then your first quarter of the season is a thing of beauty. And Tam Courts has done all that for Dundee United. And I mentioned it last Monday night after the win over Hibs at Easter Road that the, the unity 
That these players have Each Dundee United goal Was greeted as if it had won the Scottish Cup Each goal was greeted by the fans at Easter Road uh, As if it had been the best they had ever mm. seen There was a tremendous togetherness On and off the park And there's no point in denying That people were sceptical When Tam Courts was appointed Because he simply didn't have The background that people were looking for He's 40 years old Relatively young To be handed a a job of that type uh, In the the Premiership And everything that has happened to Dundee United The signings have been first class Charlie Mulgrew uh, Has been inspirational at the back Uh, So everything about Dundee United In the first quarter of the season Has been superb They're at home to Motherwell this weekend Uh, Motherwell are not the worst side you'll ever see uh, and we'll put Dundee United under some pressure But if Dundee United win that one uh, they're, they're hanging in there At the top mm. three level of our league And there is no downside to that Are they taking the league by surprise? Is that fair, Jack? You just look at I mean, obviously with Rangers Celtic Hearts and Aberdeen comes the, the expectation but Dundee United to be sitting in third after nine games I'm not sure many would have predicted that No, and I think I was one of them Um Obviously when the manager got appointed When a youth team manager comes in It doesn't normally end quite well um, I think we've seen it across Scotland at times Where it doesn't always go well But they've they've definitely surprised me And they've got some good experience in that team They've got some good young players coming through They've probably got one of the best goalkeepers in the league uh, Who's been linked with a, a lot of big clubs So they've got something good going on and it's it's just seeing whether they can t- continue it and I think Motherwell is going to be a real big test because uh, they went on a good run and then have lost a couple. And when Mark McNulty goes out for uh, a long period of time because of injury, Nicky Clark not only uh, fills in but again his goal at Easter Road last weekend was a delight. Uh, so at the moment they can do no wrong. Callum Butcher's not been playing either. They're actually, you know, we we are, I would definitely agree with Craig But it's because of the spotlight We make a big deal when uh, Some teams have got players missing Dundee United are doing this with with Major major players missing yeah, yeah. So testament to them uh, Craig how long can this continue? Well hopefully as long as it can But I know it will peter out But I'll still attempt when I can uh, I won't expect to stay right high But What I would expect is At least to be in the top six I don't know if I'm pushing that. How would that have compared to your pre-season hopes, Craig? Have you, have you changed? Are you feeling more ambitious because you've seen what can be achieved? Definitely. The players he's bringing in and the younger players he's got on the books that have signed long-term contracts, then it's going to take some money to get in. You understand they've got to get money coming in and uh, keep the club going during the COVID times. But as it stands, the, the the results and the goals are coming in as as a joy. I, I haven't had that feeling since mm-hmm. nineteen ninety uh, two thousand and fourteen when Matt when Mark was in charge. But I'm just as I said, I was disappointed last season because of the way they were. The COVID season, I, I accepted that this season. I'm not overawed with it, but I'm I'm excited that the 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 fact that. I've got players there that can do do a turn. I think as well, Hugh, it would have been. I can almost guarantee the the narrative, which is a word I know you don't like, so I, I just keep using it on purpose. Um, 
in the summer would have been oh, Dundee United are in deep trouble if they lose Lauren Shankland uh-huh. or Benjamin Segrist Now they kept one of them but they did lose Lauren Shankland and like we said it's not had a detrimental effect to the way many people predicted and that's why it's disappointing for Craig to say I know it will peter out how do you not peter well, out? to be fair I think even even now well, would you predict Dundee United to hold on to third place come the end of the season above Celtic but I'd be reluctant to say this will Collapse uh, Because at the moment they, they deserve Like St Johnston Earlier on I said they deserve Your respect Dundee United Right now Deserve your respect um, Dundee United Motherwell tomorrow Is part of a great card uh, Motherwell carry a threat They will take the game To Dundee United I have no doubt Dundee United will In turn Take the game back to them uh, It's one of the Standout fixtures I'm Very interested In the outcome Of that game uh, thank you Craig It was lovely to speak to you That was Craig and East Kilbride On 01419511025 Let's try and go to Hamden Can we speak to Andrew McLean? Not yet I don't know what's, ha- what's happening With Andrew McLean I'm sure it's not his fault That will be There'll be some technological issues We'll just We'll speak to him next We'll get him after these Taking your calls On Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jack Annick are here It's 01419511025 on the phones You can join in on Twitter at Clyde SSB I'll give you a full time teaser in the near future Let's speak to Andrew McLean who is at Hamden Ahead of a big night for the Scotland women's national team Andrew Yes, I'm here accompanied by Bakara in the background as well Pedro Martinez lost his side Looking to continue their 100% record in World Cup qualifying so far Two wins from two The first of those was away to tonight's opponent Hungary before they fired seven past the Faroe Islands here at Hamden a few weeks ago. It's been a positive start for life under the Spanish boss and another game at the National Stadium for supporters to look forward to tonight. This is officially the home of the women's national team for this campaign and if you speak to any of the players, they'll tell you just how special it is for them to be able to play here. Martina Rosa as well, singing desperate to excite the supporters and keep them coming back in the early days of his new era. Keeping up with Spain, rounding the key to progression in this group as well. Uh, just having a look at the team, Caroline, we are the only player coming in from the uh, win against the Faroe Islands. Lee Alexander and Gold in the back four, Rachel McLaughlin, Rachel Fawlty, Jen Beatty and Nicola Doherty. Caroline, we are and Lisa Robertson, the two holding midfielders with Christy Grimshaw, Erin Cuthbert and Claire Emsley behind Jane Ross, who's the striker at Hamden tonight. And we wish Andrew McLean all the well, uh, all the best. Can't be easy broadcasting from underwater, so uh, it'll be hopefully he's he's fit and well to to join us again over I, the weekend. I thought it was an Apollo thirteen. <laughs> it's not his fault. There'll be some technological issue, but anyway, a big night for Pedro Martinez Losa's side, as Andrew mentioned, now playing competitive home games at Hamden. So hopefully, uh, a good crowd there witnessing a good win, which not only gets three points on the board, um, but just builds up that momentum and belief and gets everyone involved with going along to see. The Scotland women's national side So we wish them well I'll tell you all about what happens tonight On tomorrow's show Uh, Let's bring in Frank Who's a Rangers fan in the city centre Uh, What's on your mind tonight Frank? Uh, A couple of points The first one is VAR Oh okay And I I personally think You can't trust it You can't trust it Because quite simply Last night Rangers should have had a stonewall penalty And why did the fourth official No flag the referee That it was a penalty because it was a penalty I, I wonder though Frank If some of the terminology here Is not helpful You've said you, you, you can't trust it And and we sort of People keep acting like It's this robot That just gets decisions Bang on The way everyone wants to see them it, It's just another set of eyes Now I, I That's not me saying that it, 
it was the right decision. But ultimately, if whoever it was looks at the Joe Rebo thing, the incident, and doesn't think it's a penalty, what, what, what else are we supposed? What else are we supposed to do about that? Well, I would I would question the fourth official because if that wasn't a penalty, I don't know what mm. was. It was a stonewall penalty. Now, I appreciate the referee can't stop the game every two minutes. But his fourth official should be sent to him or he should be contacted. And why did the Rangers players not go to the referee en masse and say to him, look, that was a stonewall penalty. Look at it on VAR. Well, it will have been checked, Jack. That's the thing. It's it's not that they didn't get checked. I assume they check all or or do they? You, know, you would hope so. Yeah. Um, as Frank says, I think it was a stonewall penalty. And you go back to the point, he says the fourth official then you bring it into Scotland and then every decision is it going to be, well, why didn't the fourth mm. official? So it, it is a difficult one. I think VR does get every decision right because it's on a computer. Not every decision, but it's on a computer mm. and you're looking at the screen, it's it's hard to get it wrong. But I agree, I, I don't know why it wasn't given as a penalty, but you would hope to think that it was I went at Liverpool's game, Jack, yeah. midweek against Atletico Madrid. And at 3-2, I thought Atletico Madrid had a stonewall case for a penalty. Yeah. And it, it wasn't given. So, you know, at that level of the game, uh, I'm afraid that when you go with VAR, you have to go with it mm. for better or worse. You know, you, there's, there's no point in saying, I don't care what VAR says, uh, it was offside or it was a penalty. Once you buy up to the scheme, that's you with it. I mean, Frank, it, it clearly... Stephen Gerrard agrees with you. He said it didn't work last night because you know it should have been a penalty. Um, it obviously did, however, give the correct decision for Kemar Roof's goal. Although you feel a sense of injustice, if we're at least getting more decisions right than, than we previously were, is that not a good thing? It's helpful. That's what I would say, but mm-hmm. it's helpful. But it's no definitive because quite literally, you've got a fourth official who is earning good money and he's there to make the decision uh, and assist the referee and he was found wanting. Yeah, but this is this is my point, Frank. Whilst you've got subjective issues, you know, tackles, incident penalties, how how could it ever be definitive? It sounds like you're asking for something that, that does not exist and I'm not even necessarily talking about Joe Aribo because most people think that was a penalty. But ultimately, whether it's a tackle, a red card, a penalty, a pair of human eyes is going to have to look at it and judge it and make a subjective call So it cannot be It can't be definitive The only thing that can be definitive Is well offside And then the sort of goal line stuff But it can't be definitive That's 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 the point I'm making It can't be trusted you can't, Because it's a human being that's making a decision Now in rugby If there's a, a disputable touchdown Then they, re, they review it five or six times And say What's, that's the position there It's definitely a try But it's not a try No but not, no, but that's the point Someone still just judges that Someone still makes a judgement call You know that... I, su- I suggest that the guy Who was a fourth official Needs to go to Specsavers And get glasses Because <laughs> he's the only per- He's the only, he's only person mm-hmm. and who's, who's seen that And has, who, who has said It wasn't a penalty Scottish yeah. bar that, that... means If it suits my team And we get the decision It's a good idea if it doesn't suit my team Then it's not to be trusted To use Frank's words I, I just I feel like right from the start Jack that the, the issue has been people Because it's not perfect And it is frustrating And it's got loads of issues with it But maybe we can all help ourselves Get over it by 
Not expecting it to do things that it can't do it, it, This is a subjective game We love arguing, we love debating So don't don't expect this magic system to appear And, and somehow come up with decisions That everyone's going to agree with That cannot happen That is literally impossible Yeah, you're not going to get everything right And at the end of the day There is still someone looking at that decision And they've got to make a decision And whether the referee goes over to the screen He's still got to make a decision So it is all very subjective But if it is going to get more decisions right than wrong, then that it will be good for the game. Right, what did please you last night, Frank? There must have been some good stuff. A lot, a lot of things that pleased me. Uh, the performance was the best of the season. Uh, once we get Ryan Jack back, which would, would be great news, and Ryan Kent, things will start to fall into place again. And it'll be a uh, normal service. They'll be running. But uh, I'm not one to criticise the VAR what I'm saying is it gets it wrong or or officials get it wrong yeah ours do there was European officials last night that is for sure Frank says it was the Rangers best performance of the season I think think he's entitled to come to that conclusion I think the Rangers fans were looking for a watershed moment all we've done since the start of the season is debate uh, why are Rangers not doing this and they did it last season uh, where have uh, Morelos' goals gone? Uh, they're not defending as they did last season when they, they were pretty much invincible at the back. And last night, Stephen Gerrard described it as close to perfection. Uh, I think there were a few wonky moments at the back in the second half, which for me would take you further away from perfection. However, last night was, as Frank said, that the best performance of the season so far. And it's up to Jack's team now on Sunday... Uh, to see if they can bring Rangers back to earth with a bump. I think Stephen Gerrard did all. He did, although he said, you know, the perfection word was mentioned in terms of the response to pressure. He did say there were some moments at the start of the second half, Jack, that he would have preferred didn't happen. Felt like they, they almost gave Bronby a little bit of belief. Is that something you detected? Yeah, I think Gerrard was right. It was near perfect. You're never ever going to get a perfect performance. It's just not how football is and. There is going to be nervy moments in the game and we talk about it a lot. It's it's just about riding that 10 minutes period of just managing games for 10 minutes and you might be under the cosh for a little bit. And I thought Rangers done it well enough and and I do agree it was it was it was a fully complete performance and close to perfection. Um funny because although football isn't simple, lots of complex moving parts, there is a simplicity to things that get Forgotten about or not spoken about when the result goes your way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at the start of the show It was all about Alfredo Morelos and he's, he's not taking chances And he's missed one against Hearts which has cost Rangers Steven Gerrard publicly says 5 and, and 15 That's not good enough Now he didn't score last night either So it's now 5 and 16 That's a lot less important when Kamar Roof sticks the ball in the back of the net And so does Leon Balogun And they keep them out at the other end Yeah and it's the same defensively if you're, if you're not keeping clean sheets But you're winning games It gets overlooked And Morales will start scoring again He's he's a quality player And I think it's only a matter of time And he, he is getting them chances And I think you look at the best players That when they're in there And they're getting the chances I, I think you're worrying when they're not in there And they're not getting shots on target And having near misses So I think it's it's only a matter of time Before he does start scoring Just hopefully not starting on Sunday Well he's looking for that 100th goal um, And does he start on Sunday? There's the question you know, Because Stephen Gerrard having uh, said 5-15 and 15 is not good enough 
for a number nine at Rangers with the service he gets, uh, and then taking him off last night, does he start or or it goes one or two ways for me? Do you uh, send another rocket to his nether regions, or do you uh, leave him out? And uh, see what that does for him This is the one I definitely won't put to Jack This is, this is a no-win situation for this guy He comes on radio on Friday night and says Yeah, you just drop Alfredo Morelos And then yeah. he scores a hat-trick or something at the weekend <laughs> So I won't put you uh, on the spot on that one uh, Do you think last night, Frank, if that was the best of the season Do you fancy that to be a, a sort of spark, a catalyst going forward? Yeah, I do I, th- I think there's too many good players for for them No, say... Uh, Won the league again. There's, they've got too many good players and a good manager because Gerard he, he's, he's got high standards and he, he, he wants the best out of his team mm-hmm. and uh, you can't ask for any more. Okay, Frank, thank you. That was a pleasure to speak to you. Right, I do have a full time teaser. I'm not giving you as long as usual. Uh, my apologies. It Mark, make any difference. Mark has sent this question into us tonight full time at Clyde1.com. Um, 10 non Rangers or Celtic players to score in cup finals. Since the 2014-15 final So basically since 2015 onwards Can you name 10 non-Rangers or Celtic players To score in cup finals I think we should let Jack go for some of the more recent ones Because we're being geographically a bit unfair on this guy He's not been through the the, the trials and tribulations of Scottish football As long as you have Oh, I'm having a mind blank There'll be some recent ones Who's a goal-scoring hero in cup finals last season? Sean Rooney. I was going to say, I can see his Never face, go. his hair, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Rooney. Okay, Hugh. It can be all on Hugh, Jack. It doesn't matter. I can, I don't, I'm, I'm more than comfortable with putting all the pressure on him. Oh. So what fight, what mem- any memorable finals that fall within that, that time frame? Oh, no. Yeah. David Gray? Yes, I mean, he's, he's called... Sir David Gray, uh-huh. depending which part of Edinburgh you're you're in after that one. Yep. Um Who else might have scored for his team that day? It was Hibbs beating Rangers. Uh <laughs> <laughs> could be a long end to the show. Yeah. The losing side or winning side or both are uh, either Yeah Either And it's League Cup Or Scottish Cup So Other memorable ones in there Remember that was a That was a little period Where we had So it's St Johnson won it It's it's thereafter So who won it the following year It was another sort of Shock winner You and I were there Louis Mould No Unfortunately Mother's two cup finals Were um, goalless On, on their part Is Stevie May No So it's, it's the season after that after St Johnson Oh it's just Scottish Cup Sorry my apologies It's just Scottish Cup I've read the question wrong Well okay We'll get back to it We'll get back to it We will get back to it A bit later on What else have we not covered Well why not Why not Hearts against Dundee Hugh give that a mention Because The Jambos are flying high Still unbeaten A point off top No Robbie Nielsen In the dugout tomorrow He's overstepped the mark And he's going to Have to take a seat he's in the also, stand also given us The phrase of the weekend the Glasgow long blink uh, Which is uh, his way of saying that Referees in Glasgow When doing games involving Celtic or Rangers Against teams like Hearts uh, Tend to see things that others don't Or do not see things that everyone has 
so he's treading on dangerous ground again, Robbie Nielsen, because he's already serving a suspension. And that is questioning the fairness of referees to me. Uh, now, tomorrow we have Heart of Midlothian against Dundee from Tayside. Unless the referees are Glaswegian, who do you blame if anything goes wrong now? Uh, Two feisty characters, though, based yeah. on this season James McPake and Robbie Nielsen, maybe well, for the, the best that they're yeah, kept apart. They'll be a long way apart because uh, it's not like the old Tyne Castle stand where you, know, you could pretty much sit right behind the dugout. Um, they are feisty characters. There is history between the two clubs because of the way that the championship was called the league title was called and relegation was called the spam folder derby is that what yeah, we well, tried to christen it well, last season I mean the, the, the explanations about things getting caught in firewalls and all the rest but I was totally lost for days I was going to say I cannot believe you've even heard of the word firewall well I read it that often that uh, you know I had to Incredible. go I had to go and ask one of the grandkids what's a firewall uh, so there's a there's, there's previous there's history there it will undoubtedly add to the the tension on the day mm. but Dundee feeling better about themselves now uh, Hearts the only unbeaten team in the Premiership so it has the makings of a, a terrific game um, sorry James McPake But a fancy heart I mean Jack When you played Dundee On the opening Day of the season um, It then would have been Hard to imagine Them going right through Till the weekend there Without winning a A league game um, they, they, they seemed That day there was, there was signs And in a lot of the performances They were kind of In games But it shows you how easy it is To get in that winless rut But they've They've now broken it Beating Aberdeen at the weekend yeah, we, we drew 2-2 at the start of the season. I've seen some good signs. Obviously, young manager trying to play good football and kind of all-out attack at times. And it was a difficult game. Obviously, you don't know what to expect from teams that, that come up. And obviously, they've been on a winless run. Good win for them at the weekend. So it might just be that little spark that kick-starts the season for them and uh, could see them go on a good run. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Loads of good games tomorrow. So make sure you join us from... Uh, two o'clock. How are you doing with this teaser? Ten non-Rangers or Celtic players to score in Scottish Cup finals uh, since, well, basically the first final on this one's 2016, isn't it? 2016 did, onwards. You've got David Gray and Sean Rooney. Did Ryan Edwards score for Hearts? He did, Ryan Edwards. That is a great shout from you, Hugh Evans. Uh, can they've played for Celtic or Rangers? Can, uh, can go Jason Cummins? Yes, he's not on the list, though. They can, certainly, because one of the... One of the ones on David Gray Day Played for Celtic didn't he? Anthony Stokes yeah, Anthony Stokes Okay we'll leave that there It'll give you some thinking time We'll get the rest of them hopefully next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Anik. Uh, is still with us Hugh Keevans here as well And they're trying to go about this full time teaser By the way it's 11 My apologies Missed one off the mm-hmm. list So 11 non-Rangers or Celtic players To score in Scottish Cup finals Since the 14-15 final So it's including that one So um, You've got Sean Rooney David Gray Ryan Edwards Johnny Hayes I think yep. Or did you tell me Johnny Hayes during Johnny the, Hayes yeah During the break There was another one you got David, Before was Stokes Sorry you got Stokes Before the break David Ginelli for Hearts um, against Celtic. Josh Ginelli I don't know Josh who David Ginelli. is His brother Right okay Josh David Ginelli Do you <laughs> <have a> full name? <laughs> 
any more for anymore. You've forgotten about the final. I was trying to send you it till it, you and I were there. If that, that doesn't help the listeners, no. they don't care. They're like, what are you on about? So remember, St Johnston won it 2014. Who won it 2015? That was when we were on that weird run of smaller clubs winning the Scottish Cup. Uh, was it Ross County? No, that was the League oh. Cup, but same time, same era. The other one, Cali Thistle. Yes. John Hughes was the manager. Yes. Who did they beat? Falkirk Yes It was 2-1 So you've mm. got three goal scorers from that game I like the faith that your colleague Stephen Mill has put in you He just texts me to say they're never getting them <laughs> <laughs> I can forgive Jack Jack's been I don't even know where you were playing in I was you were, Portville yeah. I wasn't even in Scotland yeah, you yet, so didn't even I care. this one to Hugh It's all on Hugh uh, There are right. There's more from the Josh Ginelli game Harps against Celtic Who else scored that? Remember that was the rescheduled cup final wasn't it Played in front of no fans At a strange time of year uh-huh. Josh Ginelli got one of them But Hart scored a couple that day No Smith wouldn't have been one No Who's the obvious Hearts one then At the moment If I was to say Hearts goal scorer Liam Boyce Yes The other one's a bit more Left field um, I must say Right I'll, I'll leave it with you I'll give you more clues I'm definitely going to need to give you more clues Come the end <laughs> At the end of the show, let's hear a bit more from Stephen Gerrard because this is uh, quite a topical one, an interesting one. Um, he says he's neither concerned nor confident uh, about Conor Goldson extending his stay with a new deal. He says he would love for the defender to sign that contract, um, but here's the latest update. I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm not confident. Uh, I'm not really overthinking about it. You know, Conor's a, a big boy. He, he's a man. Ross Wilson's office is next to mine. Connor knows what I think of him from a personal point of view and how much I want him to, to stay here. Uh, at the same time, we have to concentrate on the football, so it's important Connor keeps playing the way he is. I thought he was magnificent again last night. He was my player of the year last year, and I think for me, he's, he's got more consistency as his time's gone on at Rangers. He's a really valuable player for me and us and the club. Um, so hopefully we, we, we can find a solution um, in terms of getting them tied up. I, I can't really go any further in terms of letting you know how much I want it to happen and how, how much I want him to stay. But at the end of the day, I'm not Connor, so I don't know what he wants. And I'm not the club and I don't do the, the bank balances and the numbers. So for me, I can only tell both parties how much I want this to happen. What do you make of the way that one's playing out Craig on the line who's a Rangers fan? Hi, hi Gordon. Hi, panel. Hi. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's one that we obviously need to get sorted as quick as we can you know Connor Goldson himself said during the week in a press conference that he wants to stay um, at Rangers he said he doesn't want to be remembered just for winning 55 so what he's hungry for more success with us and I think you know that the thing is as well that if he was to leave if we're being honest here he's not going to go to a club that will give him another opportunity in his career uh, to potentially play Champions League football um, because if he leaves it will either be Possibly bottom half Premier League side on a Championship side, which I'm not knocking. I'm just stating that you know if you want a shot at, at that um, Champions League, that he's not going to get that elsewhere. But he knows that, and I think what might happen because um, the longer the months go, clubs will come in and look at him. So if an offer was to come to him or his agent from a club for X amount of wages, he can maybe then go to Ross Wilson and go look if he's not happy with the offer so far and go look. 
this is what they're offering me. I'm not saying you need to offer me that amount, but I would like you to offer me a bit more because clearly I'm worth a bit more. Um, <clears throat> so that that's that's the thing. But I think it's yeah. important because the amount it will cost us to replace him if he goes is is going to be more than it will cost us to give him an extra few grand a, a, a week in his wages. I would suspect. So I hope Ross Wilson gets and and do get mm-hmm. together and sort it soon. Yeah, Hugh, I mean, you have to do a bit of reading between the lines on these things. Stephen mm-hmm. Gerrard was quite clear there about how much he likes the player, so you assume he he wants him to stay. So, and the, the extended version of that answer was, you know, basically a bit of both. Either the club needs to offer him more money or yeah. Conor Goldson needs to reduce what he's asking for and try and meet in the middle. I don't know. Uh, it's a multifaceted story. You know, when you hear the manager saying, I don't know where this lies, Ross Wilson's office is next to mine. Uh, you know, fans get frustrated and say, "Well, you're the manager. Why don't you knock on his door and say, what does this guy want to stay here? Come on, what's happening with this?'" On the other hand, you've got Conor Goldson saying, "Oh, I have no idea where it stands. I leave it all to my agent." And again, I can understand fans' frustration, thinking to themselves, "Why are you allowing this man, whoever he is, to sort out your life, and you're not in regular contact with him to find out the bottom line?" Uh, you know, Craig speaks about the bottom half of the English Premier League or the Championship. Either one will pay more money than Rangers pay him. So, the uh, it, it's that, that's not a guarantee, is it? Well, I think the money's sloshing around in England. Oh no, it? of course, overall, of course, you know, but that depends where he goes. Yeah, there would be something. There will be the likes of Kamaru, for example, and others. Will be on a wage That can compete At the top end Of the English Championship Yeah But, but it's but Conor Goldson We don't know Because Nobody appears to yeah. know Where this stands Well Jack This is where Hugh and I Don't really know What we're talking about Because we've never Had contract negotiations it, do, do players just leave it To their agent And focus on the, the Job in hand Sometimes If If a player Really is adamant About concentrating on football And wants to leave that But then also if Conor Goldson came out and said, listen, I want to move back down south in the summer, I want to move back down towards Brighton, want to get close up my family, whatever, then all of a sudden you're in a position where it comes out that Conor Goldson wants to leave. So he, he, he can't put himself in that position. So I think the way that the club and Conor Goldson's handling it is is, is pretty decent. And I think they will come to uh, a conclusion and they, they might have already came to a conclusion. But he's, yeah. he's, he's not up to the mighty Brighton's level. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's Hugh's English team, in case, you, in case you hadn't noticed. Doing well, has to be said. The grandkids happy? Oh, hey, top four. We Billy Reid, <laughs> assistant manager of the year. You're going to need to pay for the grandkids to go on Champions League trips next season, though. So you'll be hoping they drop a little bit, surely. Well... Don't want the bank balance taking that hit. And you're quite right there. Eighth, eighth, settle for eighth. Yeah, mid, mid table. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Craig, what about last night and going forward? Yeah, well, listen. I think last night was probably um, the most well-rounded performance we've had all season. Um, we've had spots of, you know, halves where we played well, or 60, 70 minutes where we played well. Last night, I, I felt we were fairly consistent throughout the game. Um, you know, we probably should have had more than two goals. Um, I think, um, as you've been touched on already, but I think uh, we've we've definitely seen uh, both sides of VAR and what we might have to look forward to if it comes up here last night because it went for the the brilliant to the baffling. Um, because obviously, fair play to them. I don't think anybody. I certainly didn't think Kimaruf was on side, and then when you see it back, actually get it correct, but then somehow they miss a stonewall penalty, um, which they get the same amounts of views of 
as anybody else. So, yeah, there is that. But overall, you know, performance-wise, even at moments where we stepped off a little bit, I felt we managed the game pretty well. Brondby, in my opinion, didn't cause us too many troubles defensively. We were able to comfortably enough deal with things. Um, and I think going forward, we kind of need to, to do that. Morelos... For the love yep. of God Needs to score uh, Craig we're going to have to Leave it there I didn't even realise We were so close To the end of the show But thanks for, for Taking the time It was interesting To get your thoughts On Conor Goldson And Will Morelos Score against Jack Anik On Sunday Well we will Find out We'll speak to Craig soon Right quick Four more on the teaser What you got for me Peter Grant Jr At Falkirk yes. yes And in the same game then Who scored for Inverness Marley Watkins Uh huh And James Vincent He got the winner Well done Which means you've got One to go I'll give you a big clue It was Four hearts against Celtic He's still at hearts He still plays He's not a known goal scorer As such But he does take set pieces He sometimes scores from them Although I don't think this was one Gary Mackay Stevens no. I'll put you out your mis- He's a left back Initials oh. SK Oh Stephen Kingsley Stephen Kingsley uh, Thank you Hugh Kevens. Thank you Jack Anik uh, If you have a good game On Sunday We'll take part of the credit If you have a stinker It's nothing to do with us And it's all you But thank you for joining us Hugh We'll speak to you tomorrow And we'd hope you Will all join us at 2 o'clock A huge weekend of football Coming up And GBX up next One Super Scoreboard with Call Robert Wheels, your diamond cut alloy wheel refurb specialist.